This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. We're talking about sleeping with other people today. And specifically, we are going to unpack Lainey, played by Alison Brie, who I love in everything she does. Let's just jump in right to her complicated woman rating. Our criteria are as follows. Uh, One, never boring. Two, she's blunt or direct. Three, she's intelligent or curious. Four, she's unpredictable. And our personal favorite, number five, she wants you but doesn't need you. All right, so where did you put Lainey? Lainey Dalton. I gave Lainey a five out of five. She is uh, high on on my complicated women rating. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I gave her a five too. So definitely never boring. She's a lot of fun, but also you can't quite figure her out. So I thought that was another sort of check in the, in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And blunt direct. At first I wasn't sure and I was rewatching it, and I realized I was just crazy in even being unsure. There's so many scenes when she just comes right out with it. For yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have trouble with yeah. that one. I I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I pegged her. The, that or unpredictable. I thought were pretty clear. Yes, yeses. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's go to intelligent first. She's oh yeah, I skipped over. Cle- clearly intelligent. <laughs> She's at Columbia, then she just goes ahead and gets into med school in her free time. <laughs> yep. And then she wants you but doesn't need you. I mean, as as it pertains to Jake, I feel like this is a clear yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, but as then it, we have the issue right. of <laughs> Yes, as it pertains to Lainey as a, as a character, it isn't as clear. Mm-hmm. But I'm still giving her a yes there. And yeah. even beyond our five basic criteria. I love this portrait of a complicated woman because it's, she's lighthearted. She's fun. She's having a good time in her life. It's not Mm -hmm. all dark and dreary and existential drama. And I love that we get to see all of those sides of her in this story. And there's so many paradoxes, right? She's clearly got her shit together. She's a teacher seems like a good teacher and then she gets into med school so she's she knows how to keep her life on track certainly professionally Um, but then she's a mess in her love life which is going on at the same time Uh, and I like that she's she's light and fun and but also dark and I love that she's true to herself she does go to med school she's doing what she wants to do to improve herself but she's also right. a little bit lost. And we get to see yeah. all of those sides of her. in And a little crazy. A little crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the opening scene. Uh, she's like banging down the door in college yes. of Sobachek's room. I mean, I think that's supposed to set the stage for what we think of her. I mean, obviously, she does grow, as you said. Yes. And she's not. But, you know, she's got a little crazy side, which is awesome. Yes, exactly. No, she's definitely a mess. And directing emotion all all sorts of places that that it doesn't belong so yeah for sure but this is why I think this is such a great pick for a complicated female protagonist in you know what is traditionally I think been rom-coms been portrayed a little more one-dimensionally I think this is a modern Mm rom-com Leslie Headland who wrote it and directed it called it a raunch-com or maybe someone else did yes or when Harry met Sally for actors, yes, she called yes. it. That's her. That was her elevator pitch. I saw that. But yeah, it's like a modern, darker, messier rom com that still manages to be endearing yes. and have the love story, but not the typical or cheesy one. We'll get into her quotes, okay. but I've got many quotes. Oh, but good. This, she said, "You know, she's if 
she just feels like typically in the genre, like if a woman's obsessed with someone, then it needs to be like the thriller genre. Right. Or if she's fucking a guy, it needs to be a drama drama. So she wanted to create a female character that sort of defied the genre. I love that. And I think the way you described her, having all these different parts, this is the type of women we want to talk about in this. And I, I think it's a great example. Yes, I love it. I saw this movie in the movie theater I can't believe I didn't know about this movie. Where have I been? I actually saw it in the movie theater by myself on Tuesday or something. I had had off work. It was like a random bank holiday that nobody else had off. And I went and saw it by myself and I loved it. I was immediately obsessed. I started following Leslie Headland right then on Instagram and now, of course, she's blown up, uh, deservedly so. Wait, I and this is was, like 2000, it came out 2015, right? Just 2015. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. I went into the theater, didn't even know anything about it. Just went into the theater. I like Alison Brie. Right. Let's just watch this movie. And I was obsessed. I walked out just obsessed. I can't believe and, you didn't tell me about this. I, I've been so, missing out on, <laughs> on Alison Brie and on Jason as kind uh, of a hot lead where I, Mr. SNL I had, who knew I had no idea I had no idea I loved him so much yes. yeah I didn't know until I saw this so okay so best scene I had six options oh so I'm <laughs> I know I want to go back and forth so that maybe you take some of mine um and then then I don't have to say all, all of six of mine. You, I'm hoping there's some overlap. What? You know what's funny? I thought that this was a movie where we would have the same three scenes. I was convinced, I'm, and this is... I'm hoping. I've cha- no, I've changed my mind on this, but okay. originally, <laughs> when I first watched it, I thought there were three what I would call kind of iconic scenes mm-hmm. that I thought were the obvious choices. And that okay. the minute I saw sure. it, I was like, this is going to yes. be a classic. And but then I thought, knowing you, I was like, these are definitely not going to be her scenes. <laughs> she's going to pick more because there's so many others. Yes, you're right. That are also yeah. good, and I can see how you got to six. And I will say that also, a couple of mine on my cringiest, I yeah. could make an argument. Yes, the other way. Best. So yes. I, yeah. So I feel like yep. all of these. I don't know. I, I, I'm not surprised, I guess, now that I've, I've thought about this more and watched it more <laughs> that you have more than three. Okay, well, I'm still hoping that we overlap at, with at least three so that I don't have to talk about six whole scenes. Right. But I, yeah, okay. So the first one, which I've already shown my hand with, comes very early in the movie mm-hmm. when she's at dinner with Sam, played by Adam Brody, mm-hmm. who's pretty off the reservation in this one. <laughs> very. Um, yeah. But Whose the scene... juices? Re- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Freaking out. He says it like five times. Right. And when he spits on the plate, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, what yeah. is going on? Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the best starts with the end of that. When she's apologizing and he stands up to leave and she says, please, I'm sorry. I want to make this work. I'm trying to get better. And he says, and here's my first Mm -hmm. killer quote. You can't get better, Lainey. You're not an addict, okay? You're just just a a whore. whore. Yeah, like to the bone. And you know that that's what sends her spiraling mm-hmm. and there there's a part of her that has to be afraid that he's right maybe that she's not an actual whore I mean she's definitely not an actual whore but she's probably not even anything close to it but that she can't get better right and that she's trying to get better and she can't get better and she can't make better choices and she will never be able to so what does she do she goes in the fucking bathroom and makes the worst choice you could do yeah. texting that that little hi mm-hmm. to to Matthew Sobacek oh I mean I I've never seen a scene like that in a movie that's so real and also visually watching it her hand is shaking Mm -hmm. and the camera like pulls in real close and then he writes back immediately and and you just yeah the relief on her face and also the camera pulls away so like we have a little bit more space and we can breathe Mm -hmm. and we're not holding our breath and wondering what's going to happen I mean I just think that scene is so powerful as soon as that scene happened in the movie theater I was 100% hooked definitely 
one of my top choices. Even if I had to narrow my six down to three, that would be on it. And so that is on my cringiest scenes. Yeah, sure. It's my number one over there. So that's why I said at the beginning, I'm sure we have a lot that are the same that I could go either way. It's a great scene though, so I can see absolutely why it would also be a favorite. But it it pains me so much, which is why I I put it under the cringy because she really is addicted you know yes. he is like a drug to her this this yes. guy she's been chasing since college yep. she's clearly not good for her and we'll probably i'm sure analyze further sobachev yes and what a villain he yes. is or archetype yes. but but yep. like you said the actual physical shaking and then mm. oh my the gosh. relief on her face it's mm-hmm. hard for me to watch and yeah. that's why for me i put it on the cringiest but it, it's a, sure it's a great scene oh but when he's yelling you're I mean, he yells, you're not a sex actor, you're just a whore. Whore, you're just oh, a and whore. His... And the whole restaurant's watching. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm mm-hmm. cringe. I'm almost like, oh, oh, yes. God. And um, it's right out of the gate. You're right, so. Yes, yeah, it's very early on. And and it just says so much. It says, you know, we haven't even met Matthew, and we know so much about him and what he ha- is doing to her and this hold he has on her. But also in that moment, we really understand that it's not even about him. She she was trying to work things out with Sam, with Adam Brody. Yeah. And I, I really think it's more of this fear of being alone or maybe it's uh, abandonment issues or whatever it is. She just has to go to the bathroom and deal with it immediately. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen anything like that. And I was floored and been there myself and maybe like it was just so incredibly relatable that I couldn't cringe although when she has some later episodes with Matthew I did feel a little more cringy but in this part of the story when it's just establishing I was like I'm so in I get this woman I get what she's going through right now later on in the story I wanted i wanted her to keep progressing so when she did relapse which is very normal yeah. and a, a human I did have more, more cringe factor yeah. in those yeah so and we'll talk about those. I think it's interesting that you're referring to him as Matthew because I only wrote in my notes and only Sobacek. Him as Sobacek. and again yeah. th- I do that as a general matter I'm one of those people that often refers to men by their last mm-hmm. names too but yep. but I think also I did read that Leslie Hedlund wanted him to have just like this name that it would become like a like a noun like yes like he's right. such a Sobachek. Sobachek. and so Matthew seems entirely too nice so I yes. for that villainous or Voldemort as, as Jake called him at one point so that's right I have to go with Sobachek. your your Matthew is too kind for I <laughs> am with you I think I will change now but I do think it's that I have that like I see it from her side yeah, a little bit, yeah, right? It's yeah, true. so it's true. So, all right, but we'll switch over because I do, I do like that, and I respect that Leslie said that. I read that as well. So, so I'm on board. All right, what is your first? Well, I best? think you should go in your order because I want my first one's a little later. I have a feeling you might have one before. I don't okay, know. Okay, well, about. what? Well, to, where is your first one? Mine is the, um, I'm going to teach you how to finger yourself with a green tea. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Wait, that's one of mine, but I do have one before I knew that. It. Okay. I am okay. so good. I just knew you. Yeah. How could you not I, have, how could you not have the, the first date? I love Their the first, first date. date. I yes. do. I do yes. love the first date. It, it is yeah. great. They just have such amazing chemistry. Uh, yeah. It's so funny. They're really honest open, with each other. Yep. Yeah, they're really open, honest. They're putting all of their baggage out there for the other person to see, which is not usual, frankly, as human beings and and not usual for them right. in a sort of romantic capacity. They haven't <laughs> seen each other in like 10 years. They run into each other at a Sex Addicts Anonymous, which is just yes. hilarious. And then she decides to go on a date with him and then they just end up you're right like realizing by being honest that they screw up every relationship they've ever had because sex gets in the way so they just start being honest with each other and it's like sets the stage for then how they decide to be friends like and not sleep with each other and actually be friends so you're right it's a critical scene for that too it is a critical scene and it earns that 
that we should just be friends. You really think, yeah, that, okay, it. these two people should just be friends right now. Right. Um, it's also got some great quotes in it too. She reveals sort of the thing about math or Sobacek that she keeps coming back to, which is that she always thought he would choose her. Oh yeah. So she, so I I guess I thought eventually he'd choose me. So I always chose him. I Uh, I have that as one of my killer quotes. And then Jake responds. Explain this to me. I mean, what is he packing? Huh? Is that what's going on? No? (laughs) Tipping hundreds? Read your Polar Express before bedtime? No, it's pretty average actually. Oh, God damn it. Even as junk as boring. Goddamn boring dick. That's so weird. I mean, you're a catch, too. You know? I'm serious. You got a strong vocabulary. You look dynamite in a tank top. It's just, what gives? I can't. I guess I just thought eventually he'd choose me. Mm-hmm. And so I always chose him. Oh, yes. If he texted, I'd think of an excuse. I'd lie. I'd get That's there. psychotic. Oh. Thanks. Well, I mean, it's not your fault. You know? Little girls are told that someday they're going to find the one. What they don't tell you guys is that the one might be a complete fucking dickhead with a boring heroin penis that turns y'all into a sex addict. That's what they love. I loved that. Oh, that's true. Like, he has a yeah. lot of great lines. Oh, my um, gosh. He has he really a- does. so many. And then they go outside and work on their safe word. It's just the whole thing is hysterical. Yeah. It's like... Mousetrap. Mousetrap. Exactly. Okay. So next one is... The masturbation scene. Yes. So this one rates for both of us. Right. And this is what I meant when I said I think it's kind of an iconic scene. Like like when when Harry met Sally, the orgasms, Mm -hmm. faking the Mm -hmm. orgasm in the coffee shop. This was very reminiscent of that for me. Again, sort of like a modern, raunchier version of that. She she was just sort of like, I don't, I don't. I've only ever like had an orgasm with Matthew mm-hmm. and I just I don't know like she's like I don't know how to like recreate that and he's mm-hmm. like you don't know how to Wait. finger yourself like <laughs> hold on a second here and he's like I'm gonna teach you For- how to finger yourself today and yeah. he empties this green tea bottle and he's like playing the part of your vagina today <laughs> is this green tea bottle and she's like looks about right you like, know? yeah and then just the lines in it. Oh my God! The yes. mind the gap, tap the yeah. roof. How he tells her how to rub it like dirty DJ. Like yes. great lines. Um, so and then it's also though. So it's it's funny and irreverent. But then in the middle of it, she just like admits yes. to him that she got into med school, and you yes. just sort of see his face like, oh shit! Like she might leave. I mean, he doesn't yes. say that, but then. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, then they both are like oh, awkward and just go back to, all right, let's, let's finish like the tutorial. But then yes. it gets so weird because there's such extreme sexual tension. Yes. And they're both like getting kind of really into it. And yes. Then they're like, gotta go. Gotta go. Yes. So that's just like iconic. And, and I thought I, it was great. Yeah, I I completely agree. I also loved the way you just ended it. I love that they didn't end with mousetrap. It was sort of like, okay, this yes. is sexual tension we can handle, but we're going to leave. Yes. <laughs> like exactly. we're not going to call it out. We're just going to to separate. It was it felt like an important sort of next step in their right. like really falling in love and and moving like progressing together. Right. Right. Um you know, at first I was hesitant to put this on the list I was like I don't know is this like backwards shouldn't she be teaching him and Uh, is this is this like a mansplaining thing and then I was like no no. this is ridiculous I'm not signing on to that because first of all she admits she doesn't really like to masturbate she's gets bored which is a valid thing to say And as a practical matter, he's done it way more than she has. Of course, yeah. So, so I think it becomes like a really liberating moment for her. Yeah, and, and I think he's like giving her a gift. Like, yeah, ex- you should be enjoying yourself. Like, let me exactly. show you how. He's like, do this for yourself. You should know how to do this for yourself and you should do this for yourself. Which is why he's um, mad later when she uses yes. the dirty dj with another yes. guy because he's like i, I gave that to you <laughs> not for you not for some other guy to use on yes. you yes yes i also love 
that that interjection in the middle when she says, I got accepted to med school. And yes, he has a moment of she might leave. But he also just like seems really happy for her. I know. He's like, oh, you did? That's great. Right, right. And of course, part of this is loosening Sobachek's hold on her. Presumably she's doing it herself and she doesn't, she loses a layer of that hold that he right. has. That only he could give her. Ex- exactly. Exactly. That's definitely on the list. What do you have next? The birthday party scene. Oh, I didn't include that. Oh, oh interesting. No way. I know. I, I, I just had too many. Oh I just God. had too many. There were. Yeah, so it's, a, it's another one that I think maybe is an obvious choice in terms of you know, the evolution of their relationship because, yes. you know, he says, like, will you take Molly with me and go to a kid's yes. birthday party? And they go... I thought to, you'd you know, never ask. Exactly. And yes. I love that scene and her in the bikini and just yes. he's looking at her and it's just shows, like, again, her yeah. free spirit. And yes. I just think that's when he finally looked at her and was like, she's awesome, you know? Yes, like, yes. So I think that's and where like, he starts falling in love with her too. She's kind of in her element with kids and dancing yes. and carefree and even though she's A hundred percent, yes, a hundred percent. And he is too. He's feeling that love on, on a chemical level, but also there's something really true at its core. Right. Um, and the song is great. Yes, love that song. Exactly. Yes, so good. It is really an iconic scene. All right. I have the next one is the scene in bed with Jake. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that your, is yeah, that yours too? That's my yeah. number three. Yeah. Yeah. That scene is so good. The whole thing. He puts on the, a record. Oh, I mean, God. so impractical, but yeah, wait. And it's the cam even before that, the camera starts up because he's standing and she's sitting on the bed. And then he crouches down and like gets down on his knee. knee. I know. And yes, it's to take off her shoes, but you're just like, what's going on? Yeah. Is he going to propose? Right. And then he climbs into bed with her. Are they going to have sex? You just, the scene is so full of magic and chemistry and tension and that's in a good way. you even get to the dialogue. Exactly. Which is amazing. But right, like everything you just yes. said isn't yes. even their discussion yet. Yeah. No, there's no, it's just music, which by the way, also love. I don't even know what that is playing, but I love it. And then she comes out with, it's over. He didn't choose me. And she's, of course, talking about Sobachek. And then Jake comes out with something that cuts deep. He says, you didn't tell him to make a choice, you know. And I was like, holy shit. She gets some dignity back there. It reminds me of normal people where you're not saying what you mean to say. And, you know, we said she's direct and blunt, but not with Sobachek, never with Sobachek. And so Jake's really sort of calling her out on that. And then it keeps going. And there she's back in her direct, blunt element. Are we in love with each other? And then, oh, his face. Oh. He nods. He doesn't say anything. Oh. Just this, this knowing I know. nod. I know. I know. I oh, know. but by the way, that's when they've also, just in terms of the the body language, that's when they've turned to face each other on the pillows. Yes. I just love yes. that. I love yes. that kind of talking. So Yes. And then she goes on, what are we going to do about it? Again, he doesn't say anything. No. He just shrugs. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know. And then... And then she says, what do you want to do? And he says, nothing. There's nothing to do. Now, I'm a little torn on the I love you for free. Oh, come on. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Okay, well, let's listen to it. It's over. He didn't choose me. You never told him to make a choice, you know. That was Paula. That was a mess. Was she nice to you? Yes.
each other. I love it. No, I love yeah, it. I can't. It's so I, the, good. Yeah, it is so good. No, the whole scene is just so perfect. It's so perfect. And then she just falls asleep and then he's got tears in his yeah. eyes. But then the next scene, it's like time's elapsed and they're not together. And I'm just like, do you wonder what happened after that? Like, like the next morning, yeah. like what happened after that yeah. conversation? Yeah. And yeah. I guess, you know, it's like, I love you for free. And that's all. At that point, yeah. that's all they need to know. And there's yeah. nothing they can do or have to yeah. do because maybe yeah. it's not the right time or he doesn't Ex- want to screw it up. or yeah. But it's yeah. just, that's supposed to be enough, which was hard for me. <laughs> like at that point, before yeah. I knew what was going to ultimately happen. I thought that was the only thing they could do right. was fast forward to her leaving because then you just assume they they hung out they spent as much time together as they right. could and then and he continued on with Paula and she continued distancing herself from Sobachek and right I had trouble um, with that though too continuing on with Paula after the date he just had with her in that scene where he yeah he when he's having sex with her he calls yes. out Lainey's name I mean Paula yeah you, you why but, do you continue to date him after so I hear you. I totally hear you. But I, when I rewatched it, I, I had that same feeling. And then I rewatched it and I was like looking for the, where she gets her dignity back. Well, first of all, she has sex with him on the first night. So it's not like it's into their relationship. But then she calls him out and she's like, who is Lainey? And Tell then, me about do it. You, yeah, yeah, do you want to talk to me about it? And he does. So I felt like that was a really good start. Yeah, that it was like, tell me everything. And then obviously whatever he told her, she was able to come to terms with the fact that it's okay, which obviously it wasn't. But um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and we know that when after she pulls away in the U-Haul and he listens to the message from Paula, she says, "Hope the goodbye went well." Yeah. So you just have you have this feeling that there's a lot of open openness and honesty between Jake and Paula. Right. Uh, but obviously something is missing or something's in the way. Right. My real last contender is the last scene with Matthew because this story oh, is as much about Lainey and Sobachek as it is maybe not yeah as it is about Lainey and Jake. Right. And so it, the only thing is Jake gets a little bit more real estate. He's the first scene and he's the last scene and he's the one, you know, she loses her virginity to and ends up marrying. So it's obviously a different tone, but the last scene with Sobachek is great for, yeah. Yeah. That's and, where she's a badass. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. it comes right after the I my heart was like in my stomach because it comes right after the police station and when he calls her and is like I love you and they're screaming I love you to each other and then the very next yeah. scene is her walking into the office and I'm like no, no don't go back don't, there yes I don't know. do this you know Jake just said he loves you you guys are gonna figure it out they had this bizarre but cute scene and I, I I was freaking out. But then it turns and she's completely in control. Yeah. She says, you should take the settlement. And he, you know, he sort of tries to spin it as that she's threatening. But she's really not. She's not being vindictive. She's not being cold. She's not being crazy. She's not being anything. Right. But very certain. Yeah. And then he calls her on it and says, well, what are you going to say to yeah. her? And when she details all the little things she knows about him, 
uh-huh. you stop breathing when you kiss and and the last one is when you made me yours the day you said Aline yeah. I wish I could have known you when you were a little girl so I could have been your true love I mean besides the fact that I think that's creepy what's great about it is he says yeah I know I remember too right and he finishes the line with her so he finally admits that she had some hold over him even though you might have assumed it he really admits it to her so that scene she's vindicated she's validated she gets closure and she is a badass i mean it that is a great scene so i I don't have it it. as a scene because i have a killer quote from there you know it's clear that he's used this line before right right he she says would emma find any of this familiar yeah and then she says i don't think she needs to know that the things she holds close to her heart were rehearsed on someone else and i'm just like that was one of my killer quotes yep and I just like I, love then that she walks out of there, like you said. Yeah. She's vindicated. She walks yeah. out, throat pops a veil on her head. Yeah. She <laughs> looks amazing. She yeah. Jake walks up. They're going yeah. to get married, and she references that like he says like we got a plane back to Michigan. She's like, great, yes. my my meds my exams at three. I'm Ten. like, she's a yeah. badass. She just blackmailed her yes. ex. Is getting yep. married. Is taking her med yep. school exams. It's like check yes. check check. And like, I, that's the badass like part. Yeah. That, so I agree. I with you. had that as my killer quote. I think that's the number one killer quote yeah. I, in this movie. She just slays with that. She's like, oh, they were rehearsed on someone else. And you feel bad for her, but you can see she's nothing but strong in that moment. Now, she's like, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. so good. Like, All right. Cr- cringiest scenes. Mm-hmm. They revolve around Sopa Of course. Right, right. Yes. Yep. Yep. The yep. sex scene with him, the first one on his desk in his yes. office. Yes, 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 I have that. Um, yeah. And that to me, I mean, obviously that's the first time, like you said, when with that bathroom scene, we hadn't met him yet. So this is right. the first time we see him mm-hmm. and he's just that creepy mustache yep. and mm-hmm. just so offensive just in appearance Yes. Um, he doesn't smile, and it's so creepy. And then they just start making out, and yep. they're on the desk having sex. And it's just when he looks at her and says, mm-hmm. is this what you want, Elaine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. And you know already that she hates being called Elaine. You know that from yes. the first scene, and that she, yes. Lainey is a nickname for Elaine. Yes. And the fact that Sobachek says that in that moment, mm-hmm. I mean, that's when, right out of the gate, you're just sort of like, like my stomach turned yeah yeah well I I have more to say about that we'll talk about it in what's your damage Heather but visually too this this scene is so bizarre so bizarrely uh, wonderful it's so beautiful there's like this crazy light coming through the window and like Mm -hmm. shining it's like their bodies yeah Yes, it's so it's beautiful, the but then it's so dark emotionally. It's so light visually and then so dark emotionally. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but in a horrible, horrible way. So yeah, I definitely had that on my cringy. And, and she said that Leslie Headland said she did like a lot of research for on sex okay. addiction. I'm sorry, okay. for this movie. And she said she wanted to like create this term that she had read about called euphoric recall. Which okay. is when you have sex with someone, when you're a sex addict, you basically have a fantasy of what's actually happening. And it just like comes back to you like a like, oh. like again, like this dopamine hit kind of a thing. Oh wow! Uh, and like, right. even though your friends are like, I don't get it. He's short. He's ugly. He looks right. weird. But yeah. you can't. You just can't separate it. Right. Oh, it's that's weird. so. Yeah. I didn't even know any of that, and it's. But it makes complete sense. It's so captured in the in that so scene. Yeah. Okay. Next cringiest scene, which I think is the number one, is definitely my vote for number one. Is when she sees him running. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's oh, my number two. My it's horrible. God. <gasps> I mean, you see her spot him and she you can see the look on her face. She thinks it's like fate or kismet. Like, mm-hmm. look at look at us running into each other 
in a city of millions. This is amazing. And she goes up to approach him and he's jogging, warming up in place and he's still facing her. And just as she gets there, he turns around and starts running. And then first he's kind of running slow. So she's running really fast in her heels. So cringy. And she just can't catch him. So he's literally running away from her. Like, I mean, this is like, you know, I mean, like... and she can't catch him. Exactly. Which is a metaphor, but also yes. just literally true that she's been chasing this person yes. Yes. and can't yes. catch him. So yes. right at the end of it, she grabs her phone because this is what she does when she's uh, having exactly. these horrible situations. But this time she texts Jake. Exactly. She's making better choices. Even yes. though she's still going through all of that, she's making better choices, yes. shows her growth. But then yeah. she goes lingerie shopping, which is also just cracks me up that that's what she does to make herself feel better. Like she yes. said that earlier when she was depressed yes. about Sobachek. She's sitting there in her provocative yes. lingerie going, I just put these on so I can feel something. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so then she goes with so... um Jake to go lingerie shopping and you know she's just like freaking out and I love it it's funny because I could have had a fourth um but it's the scene changes so it, it it's the panic attack in Central Park yeah it's yes. cringy for me when she's having the panic attack because yeah. she again for all the reasons we've discussed like her yep. physical reactions yep. to getting a phone call from Sobacek always mm-hmm. or just like to me and at this point this is later in the movie so the fact yeah. that it's still having that kind of effect on her was yeah. cringy to me but then yeah. it turns into a good scene because of Jake yes um, but so. I think they were trying to show that he always texts and then this time he called right. and so to for some reason that triggered like a different yeah it, a different reaction in her. right like if it was just a text she would have ignored it right. but then here he was calling her right which seems so, more serious or like yeah out of the ordinary exactly yeah so, i mean and, and why she'd be caught off guard it makes right. more sense but i i'm with you i didn't i didn't love that it just it it was more cringy because you wanted her to be past that at this point right. you want but you he know, does but say I, to her you don't do this anymore I know. You know, I this know. is just fear, a really, really yes. large dose of fear. Um, Adrenaline in a bad way. Yeah. yeah. But then they're yeah. then they sit on the bench and he's just so funny and yeah. makes her feel yeah. better. And I mm-hmm. love that during it he says, Mousetrap. And I, I said know. she's coming unhinged, right? And he says, like, yes. you just went all Kathy Bates in misery in yes. the middle of Central Park. And yet that turns him on, which I of love. Course. Right? Yes. Because yes. that just makes me love him more. Like she's being all yeah. vulnerable, but also kind of fucking crazy. And yes. he's like mousetrap. Like he actually yes. wants to have sex with her in that moment. Yes. As opposed yes. to like a man being like, oh my God, she's batshit crazy. She can't get over her ex. You know, like, yes, I yes, love, yes. so that's why then it turned into like a scene I liked. And then it goes into like a scene I love when they're watching Misery. Yes. So, yes. yeah. So it was, a, it was a quick cringe, but then it turned. So that's why it was like an honorable mention. Yeah. There's a lot of those yeah. that turn like that. There's so much that it's outside of the scope of this podcast, but I feel like we can't not say the whole freaking cast is amazing. I couldn't use any scenes where it's just him and Xander cracking me up. Yeah. Xander just cracks me up. And his wife, wife too, hilarious. Naomi. So funny. Mm-hmm. Amanda Peet is amazing as Paula. She gets sort of shit on by him, but you, she, she's still making smart choices the whole way. You understand how she gets into this place she seems to be going in with eyes wide open yeah and, and then she, she yeah. still gets screwed but she gets screwed and even when she gets screwed she seems very in control you don't feel sorry for her you know you feel like she's gonna be just fine yes and so uh, there are so many funny scenes so many great scenes that are just outside of of focusing on Lini, but they all add to this movie all the amazing beats of the friendships and the the banter between the other, the married couple. And you're right. Movie. Even the supporting characters have mm-hmm. great lines, you know, oh, like so many. I mean, and they, and Adam Scott, it's really only that one scene when he's getting dumped yeah. in the beginning, but you remember it. I mean, it's so yeah. memorable. And, oh no, not Adam Scott. Uh, Adam. Oh, who? Sobacek yeah. is Adam Scott. Who plays? Adam Brody. 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 I yeah. knew it was that's yeah. another Adam. Um, I know. So. And Natasha Leone oh, too, as like, as, yeah, as her no bullshit friend. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. A lesbian it, friend who's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And just tells it as it is all the time. So this, the whole cast, 
the the quotes, the dialogue from the whole movie are just top-notch. Yeah. But let's stick with Lainey. One of the worst lines that Sobacek says in their last meeting when she says, oh, you missed, you always missed my Pinkerton reference. And he says, Madam Butterfly, I know. Just because I don't applaud your intellect doesn't mean I don't notice it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what a Ugh. jerk. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, I wouldn't give you the satisfaction Fashion. of, exactly. yeah, oh, mm-hmm. oh, jerk, such a freaking jerk. Um, I mean, she literally, like Leslie Edlin in some interviews said she, like, she wanted to create a monster, really. I yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like cobbled together from all the worst men she's ever met mm. in personal experiences and like yeah. really wanted this archetype of just, just like I said, like we said before, someone that you'd be like, he's such a Sobacek, which I think she did a pretty damn good job of that. I mean, he has no I, redeemable qualities. I agree, but again, unlike... we've discussed in normal people he shows us nothing redeeming Mm -hmm. but emma loves him they're having a baby together who knows what he's like with emma Mm -hmm. i have no idea maybe he is someone else maybe he's just cold to to laney for some reason there's a complexity to him in the background even though his actions are completely of a monster right right Uh, she leslie headland did a did a fantastic job there What's your damage, Heather? Which, by the way, I love using that that's just the name of our segment for every episode, but it's most appropriate here because Leslie Headland actually was involved with the reboot yep. that comes from Heather's, yep. yeah, and she was involved in that reboot, although it did not go well for her, but yep. it's a particular little nod to her here. I mean, I think her Lainey's damage is is pretty clear as as far as the movie goes. She's obsessed with unavailable men. I mean, there's, she does it over and over, whether it's emotionally unavailable or because they are not capable or whether because they're with someone else. I mean, that's just what she goes for. Absolutely. What I was trying to figure out is why, right? So, yes. Go and, ahead. And you, that yeah. we don't really know that much outside the story of how this came about there's a couple jokes about daddy issues yes yes we don't know what the daddy issues are but no that's true friend makes that joke and then her friend's girlfriend makes the joke so it's in there twice no it's even more so a couple others um when jake says what's your favorite position she says from behind he goes of course because you hate your father that's right he does too and then another one which i think is i think it's most obvious with Sobacek when she first goes to his office and the receptionist calls her up and says the doctor will see you now Elaine Dalton and she goes oh it's Lainey only my dad calls me Elaine and then yeah and then we go in and then he's calling her Elaine oh yes yes and that's what grossed me out yes yes yeah and then of course the creepy line at the end where he wanted to meet her when she was a little girl and 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 he said that to her, and that's when she says he he had her heart. Like, yeah. that was weird. Yeah. So clearly, you're right. We don't meet the dad. We don't hear anything about the dad. But it seems to be little clues that it's, that it's daddy issues. Right. I mean, and look, um, this is very common. I think that there's, for a lot of people, there's sure. just that person that you keep coming back to, even though yeah. you know they're not good for you or they're not yeah. available or whatever, I think that's very relatable. Damn it. You know, I was thinking about that too, wondering if it goes beyond, because clearly Sobacek is the singular manifestation of all of her issues, mm-hmm. but it seems like she's doing it otherwise. It seems like, I mean, Adam Brody does not seem like a great guy in the beginning, exactly. Sam. you're right. It seems like she's doing this all over the place, Right. And Matthew's just the consistent thread throughout the movie that right. that we see it sort of played out, and and certainly the most intense um, version of it. So, do you but it doesn't seem like she makes good choices. No, otherwise. Clearly. All right. So, should we move on to what she said? Sure. All right, Leslie Headland, and I will say that our timing, I think, is really good on this one because even though I've been obsessed with this movie since 2015. There was nothing. There's still not a ton yeah. out there yeah, about her. But there is obviously a lot more post-Russian doll. Mm-hmm. Right? So 
I, I was able to find more interviews and, and podcasts and other things to, to focus on. One of the things she said, which I just believe in wholeheartedly, is her advice, the, the advice she got that she thinks everyone should know is, it's to the effect like you should do everything before you're ready to do it. Oh, I did not know you were going to say oh, this. Oh, okay. See, listen to yeah. me. I think I yeah. you know. There's, there's more. Yeah, I'm sure you have it. That just wasn't where I was starting. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that idea. And it's funny. Amy Poehler says it as well. Just jump in. You'll figure it out. Don't wait until you're quote unquote ready, ready to do something. Mm-hmm. Because there's always going to be you know, obstacles and hiccups and things are going to go wrong and not according to plan. And so just sort of start doing it and and you'll be in it. Someone asked her for advice and she said that was the best advice she'd ever gotten. She's working on the Russian Dolls. Isn't that with Amy Poehler and... Yes, Natasha Amy Poehler Leon. and Natasha Leon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loves to work with the same people. Oh, fun fact also... Kirsten Dunst was supposed to play Lainey, Mm -hmm. which that's a different movie to me. Completely. And so I didn't see Bachelorette, which I did not was her movie before this, like I think in 2012 with Kirsten Dunst. And she got really maligned for that movie. And yeah, I think did not have the critical success or the box office success at all, because I just think maybe she was ahead of her time. Like the people weren't ready to see uh, that and she 100%. got super depressed apparently after that movie came out just because of oh, the wow. reception it was like a really dark period of her life she started having an affair apparently with again to an unavailable man and sure. that's what this was born out of this movie which she said it's so funny it's such a a love letter to love yes, i could have gone yes. in another direction because i was in a dark and depressed place but instead i sort of wrote a movie to help me fall in love with love again, which I think is great. You always come up with such gems, Kate. It sounds like then Sobacek is the physical manifestation of the bad shit, Mm -hmm. right? The the dysfunctional part of love. And then Jake is all the good stuff. And it's more complicated than that, but it's the hopeful love. It's the 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 love that grows the love that lasts and again yes. it's not a cheesy love story but it is and one of the big themes that she says this is actually what i thought you were going to say because she's mm. quoted a lot about this oh um, yes that love is a choice is that what yeah i do have this that's actually yeah that's actually my takeaway oh then we can we can save it for that thing no I, no go go no because i have lots of other okay good so the unlikable woman she gets asked about this a lot. So I found there was a bunch of interviews and sometimes she finds it annoying actually how often she has to talk mm. about this, the male-female double standard in, in Hollywood and the yep. unlikable character. It's like a little, I'll get you the quote, I have to read a little beforehand. But basically okay. she was saying that Wolf of Wall Street comes out and mm-hmm. people are mm. like, this is just a movie about people fucking and doing cocaine. And then you literally have the entire internet, she says, going... But you need to look closer at what this says about our society (laughs) and who we choose to celebrate. She says, and my movie comes out, which she's talking about The Bachelorette at the time, and nobody says anything like that. But on the whole, with male characters, we're so willing to look beyond what's going on to see what's the artist saying. That's, Mm. That's just not the case with a movie about women. And she said that Meryl Streep was like once interviewed and she said, you know, as a kid, she, for example, she wanted to be Tom Sawyer not Becky. And that's just sure. the way we've all been conditioned. Oh, yeah. And she oh, yeah. said we lack, as a culture, she said we lack the training to understand difficult women. Ugh, she said, this, this is a quote, she's like developmental executives and financiers go, I'm having trouble understanding why she's doing what she's doing, she <laughs> says. And she's like, this is where the term unlikable comes from. It's not yeah. that they're unlikable. They're unrelatable, mm. and that's actually not my fault. That's my point. That's Amer- that's America, Ugh. right? Ugh. They're unrelatable, and that's actually not my fault. That's my point. That's yeah, exactly. That we need more of this so that people can see. And and I'm happy that recently there are more visions of that. But you go back beyond five years. And it's hard. There's no real complicated woman. And maybe we'll we'll even do this later, but Crazy Stupid Love, all the women in that movie are really good, complicated, 
layered women. That movie. Wow. But it's driven by men. Yeah. The whole story is driven by men. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the hard part to sort of get your head around. But maybe those were the bridge movies where we saw complicated women, but we didn't need to really grapple with it because they were, you know, maybe a side character or just someone's wife or whatever. And you didn't need to face it head on, but we are facing it head on now. And I I love it. I'm so glad for it because I was that way, you know, to Meryl Streep's point, I grew up wanting to be male characters. I never identified with female characters. There were just, they weren't out there for me to identify with. And if I Um, did, don't you think they were more in books? I mean, in stories like you and I were readers. We still are, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, at least my feeling is, it's still always been easier to find in fiction because there's women authors and they've been writing about, I think, complicated women for a long time, but... The sure. movie industry Agreed. has been so male-dominated. And even yeah. us trying to find movies yep. for this podcast that are written yep. by women and directed yes. by women is very hard. Reese Witherspoon has yeah, is the biggest mouthpiece for this. She's like, women want this. Mm-hmm. Women will will buy this, will consume this. And and books have always been a, a woman's yes, product, right? Exactly. Most fiction is purchased by a woman. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit less resistance. TV and movies slower. The executives are old school mm-hmm. old men. Right. So now TV and all these streaming yes. services that's oh, for where sure. it's happening. There's just so much more content out there. Right. And that way you can see what works, what doesn't work, what what strikes a chord. That was a really great quote. That she's good. I love her. You do one. Do you have you have another one? I I I did have one thing that someone had interviewed Leslie and the complexity of as authors, how much you put in of yourself and how much is maybe aspirational, right? So right. I found something that said while Headland's characters are often sarcastic and emotionally closed off, which clearly she has to have that part of her in her. She is also earnest and candid in person, as willing to dig into her own motivations as her protagonists are reluctant to do so, eager to dive into weighty conversations and generous with her time. And I was like, so she's she's got both of that going on. It's this fallacy and this happens. Men are asked about their craft, how you came to right. to craft these characters and write this amazing story. And women are asking how much of this is autobiographical biographical right and it's that double standard obviously some of it she says is autobiographical like like anybody yeah, sure. of course yeah. but i agree i mean the kinds of questions that that women in interviews get versus endure men that just, that men, yes yeah and that it, even it, this likability one like yeah no, nobody like we've talked about in, in creating this podcast like nobody yeah. act, worries whether walter white you know breaking bad is likable <laughs> to- they don't or nobody gives tony a fuck. soprano or tony yeah. soprano or or Don Draper. Don Draper. They just yeah. think he's a fucking awesome character and right. and complex. Yes. But like men don't sit around and even women, honestly, I didn't sit around and be like, mm, you know, but Walter White's not very likable. No. I mean, no, no, he's not supposed no. to be. And that's yeah. why we love him. Yeah, but, exactly. But nobody like you're again, because you're not sort of taught to like a woman that comes across like that. We need to get three women on this. Lisa Tadeo's interviews and talking about this yeah. and how women are, are looked at through a different lens in so many ways. Yeah, no, completely. Um, and, and how that happens and why it happens. But women are often the hardest judge of character. The women don't want to see women behaving badly. You know, as much as male executives don't understand it, women don't always want to see it. So... You know, those are very broad generalizations in both ways, but it feels like men only have one one gender against them and women are fighting against two. Okay, and we are going to now look into our crystal ball and think about where our friends Lainey and Jake will be in six months. What are you thinking? So six months is still... I think the honeymoon phase. Sure. I think she's back in in med school. I think that they're having sex like crazy. <laughs> I think the 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 passion and the chemistry 
is all still there and new and exciting. Yeah. And I think they're just sort of figuring out what it's like to be a couple, but I think it's still very hot right now. I I completely agree. And I kind of love that they're in a new place. You know, they're definitely still in Michigan because she's there for med school and they're going to be there for a little while. They're exploring totally in the honeymoon phase. Everything feels new again. Old but new, which is right. always what people love, old but new. <laughs> Right, right. Six months, they are still in in the good, in the honeymoon phase for sure. But five years, what are you thinking? Oh, five years. I'm a little upset with myself because mine's a little dark. Um, oh, no. I just, well, I know. And I, I'm usually, not upset. I'm impressed. Usually I'm the romantic, but right. I have this problem now. I'm thinking five years from now, she's was just starting med school, which means five years from now, she's probably in her residency. Yep, yep. She's somewhere, God knows where, because you can't always choose. So yep. they might be in some godforsaken city or mm. hospital. Mm. She's tired all the time. She's exhausted. And I just feel like they're like fighting now. Mm. And, and and they're not having, about how they're not having sex anymore <laughs> and how nothing's hot because she's, so tired and in scrubs and is working 24 hours a day and on rotation and i suddenly just had sort of a, a like a little bit of a d- dismal picture because oh, i just feel like man. someone five years out is like in the thick of their residency yeah. and i don't know and then i i was mad at myself i really yeah. I, I i don't want to believe this for them so tell me a better story okay yeah no i mean i'm not mad i love the dark stuff but i <laughs> just, just sad i'm not <laughs> I'm not seeing that at all. I okay, know. Good. Okay, I know it can be hard to find a placement for your residency, but they're in New York. Period. Oh. So again, everything's new but old and exciting. And yes, I don't know why she's just in my head. She's just superwoman status. She's f- killing her residency. I mean, I. It's like Ellen Pompeo on the first season of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> okay. She's like I having know. parties at her house. Like they're having the best <laughs> time. I see them solid as ever. And when they're having fights about not having sex anymore and everybody's too tired and busy. But then I know that Jake just looks at her and says like, let's go to Best Buy and talk about having sex with other people <laughs> like make something up like that scene that's in the movie right, right. And, and having when the, the guy tells yes. him they're the cutest married yes. couple ever yes. and they just go with it it's yes. true he'll he'll find the humor yes. and bring her back exactly. to their old selves even if you know she's losing sight of it in my poor sad narrative yes, because she's, i like this she's going through it's a lot she's going through a lot but I have them totally solid. They know how to do this relationship thing. They've worked it all out and they'll figure it I out. Love it. And they'll have good days and bad days and they're in it. Even uh, in my sad one, they were going to make it. Don't yes, worry. I yes. just felt like at exactly five years, yeah. that was a tough time. Whereas I, like 10 years, yep. then, you know, maybe she's got, you know, the kind of gig where doctors sometimes work, you know, three days a week or it seems like every doctor I have works three days a week. Uh, and... They're all back in the groove and all that. Maybe they got some kids. I was going to say, I think they have kids. And I think yeah. and I think he stays home with them. Oh, nice. He did make that chunk of change. Selling yes. Company, so exactly. they're financially stable. And you're right. Five years might be a tough period. But I only, I had an optimistic view just because they were back in New York in my head. Yeah. Um, right. After being in Michigan. So... They were like, oh, remember this place. Remember this place. They go back to their dim sum place. Yes. There you go. There you go. All right. I feel better now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our our last bit here, the takeaway from sleeping with other people. I think we've already talked a, a little bit about this. Mine was that love, real love, lasting love, healthy love. It takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. And mm-hmm. love is a choice. That was my that was my takeaway. Yeah, well, that we is one of Leslie Headland's main themes of the yeah. movie. As she said, that uh, love is a choice and not a feeling. It starts yes. with a feeling, but yeah. it's ultimately a choice. These are two people that obviously feel a love for each other, but have to make the choice whether or not they're going to be together. Yeah. They're two separate things. They um, are. And 
I, I, I think that's definitely a big theme. And it, it is a choice, but it's always preceded by a feeling, she yeah. says, which mm-hmm. is, of course, you, you got to have that part. You can't just yeah, sure. you know, choose to love right. someone exactly. without the underlying right. attraction or Well, you feelings. can, but it will you, blow up. Yeah, exactly. It will blow um, up in your face. So I definitely, I, I think that is a big takeaway. I, I also thought, you know, sort of timing is everything. Um because, you know, there's that scene we both talked about that we love so much in bed when the when he says, you know, I love you for free. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that time, I don't know, I sort of wanted them to then have the big moment. Like, yes. this was either they were going right. to sleep together mm-hmm. or they were finally going to be together. But mm-hmm. really, she exercised a lot of restraint. Yeah. Meaning Leslie Headland in writing it. That yep. then we have to wait. And yep. that at that time, it wasn't the right time for them. Yeah. And it was just had to be enough to know that yeah. they loved each other, and that yeah. was it. And yeah. there was it wasn't the time for them to be together. He had to go off and, you know, be with um, Paula, someone else, yeah. and she had to go to med school, yeah. and and he had to have that moment where he sees Sobacek in the yes. di- in the restaurant and just snaps, snaps. and beats the crap yes. out of him yeah. to realize literally that <laughs> that it, this is time and what am I doing and yeah. I need to be with her yeah but I I part of me wanted them to have that moment in the in bedroom the bed. scene yeah yeah but it wasn't the right time and yeah so I just thought you know in life and in movies you know sometimes yeah. it just had to be enough that that they had those feelings for each other. There's just so much tension in that moment. And every thing that they do, you know, that the fact that they're in his bed, that he gets down on his knee, you don't even, there's so much tension building. And to not have it pay off with something was really, it, I agree, it was a really sort of brave choice on Leslie Headland's part. Um, right, because at first you're unsatisfied, but yeah. then... But then you are satisfied in a way because, you you know, you, you it's okay. You know it's going to be okay. I knew. Because right. of their I feelings. Had, and I had trust that she would not let me down. Like if the movie had ended there, I would have been pissed. Oh, but yeah. I had trust that she was, wherever she was going to take me, I was going to be willing to go. I will say, though, and this is something that that scene makes me think of and also something in your quote, a lot of people understand that that love is a choice and not just a feeling Mm -hmm. but I think as we get older people forget that it's a constant choice it's not just like Mm -hmm. you don't choose a person and then it's done like love like choosing to love someone and that's part of what I was thinking about when I said where where they are in five years and they're having a shitty day and he says like let's go to Best Buy and recreate you know that scene from back then like that's the choice that's when you're like we are in the shit right now and I'm going to make the choice let's go to Best Buy and remember a moment when we really loved each other that's what it means that love is a choice it's it's constant it's not right it's not just the one choice you made when you first picked each other yeah literally every day just a series of choices yes exactly oh yeah a series of choices absolutely and and you can make choices to move away from that love and people I think people don't realize those more than they realize you often know when you're choosing love like you know like I'm not gonna you know be upset about this or I'm not gonna but the choices of moving away from it like not sharing something that happened during your day or whatever it is like those choices too yeah that's not choosing love so love is a choice and then you're not choosing it so yeah the omissions yes yes absolutely and it's the omission with the person that you want to be connecting with, but also it's the intimacy with whoever you do share it with because people need to share, right? Yes. So, yes. so you choose to share it with like, you know, a certain girlfriend or, or someone else. Uh, and then that intimacy is strengthened, but then you're at the expense exactly of another of one. Right. And that's not to say you can only share with your right. par- partner or spouse or whatever, but it's just, are you making the right choices? And that's right. what's really hard to, yeah, to and sort of gauge. Yeah, who are you choosing to show yeah. certain things to? Yeah. Or, or not, or hide certain things from? Ex- You're absolutely right. Exactly. And we think that 
whoever we choose as our spouse or significant other, we're supposed to share everything with or mm-hmm. show all sides. Yeah. But that's no. just not how it works. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But those no, choices so it's, have so, consequences. Right, You're but, right. And, but also that would be a really deliberate choice, right? You're like, okay, I don't need to show them this, right? Right. So if you're making mm-hmm. it as a as a choice, then I think you can still be moving towards love. But it's, it this ain't easy. This also presupposes people are this self-reflective, right? Oh, my gosh, right? exactly. Which, of course, they aren't. Because no. half the time you're making these choices unconsciously. Yes, for sure. Um, for and sure. lots of people, yeah, just don't even don't even engage in this kind of analysis yep so, yep no yeah. like, i'm just trying to get by i'm just trying to feel better about myself yeah whatever I'm, it is right i get yeah. it i, get I know it, i totally. do too i do too I'm, I'm talking the talk but walking the walk is is a different thing so right i, I get it well i'm so glad that i forced you to watch this movie and i'm so glad that you loved it I am so glad you did too, Yay. and and now I am like you, going around telling everyone, "Yay, have you seen sleeping with other people! You need to see sleeping with other people." It's so good. It's got something for everybody. It does. It really does. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you loved this episode, please leave a review. And if you hated it, email us. We want to hash it out. Love us or hate us, don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And keep it complicated.